turn it up. You're listening to the Marketing Millennials Podcast. I'm Emily Ferguson. And I'm Daniel Murray. Get ready, because we're taking you on a journey with today's marketing leaders and tomorrow's top stars. Let's go! No BS, just a fun, unfiltered industry conversation with the game changers behind some of the coolest companies from around the globe. The one request we tell our guests. Stories or didn't happen. A big welcome to our marketing fam. Prepare to turn them All right. Does your personal branding need a boost? If you said yes out loud in your mind, or it's just lingering in your gut, this episode is for you. Today, we're joined by Amelia Sordell, founder of Cloud, a personal branding agency. A big welcome to Amelia. Woo! All right, Amelia. We're so excited to have you here. Personal branding is a topic of conversation that Daniel is always interested in and I'm just dabbling in. So you are going to be our expert and we can't wait to chat with you. We are going to jump right in. How did you first get started in marketing? It's a really good question. I feel like it was very organic and I know that's kind of like not the silver bullet answer that you probably want, (laughs) but I started out my career in PR and very quickly decided that I didn't want to sell my soul to the devil to be able (laughs) to like pursue my career because you literally have to, to be an agency PR. And then kind of moved from there into events. And then from events, I kind of started my own business. And I guess that's where my kind of marketing hat sort of fell on my head. Because when you're, you're, you know, you're running a business and it's yours and you have no help, you have to do everything. So I was and that, back then, like Instagram had just been a thing and like Twitter had just started. So I was like learning all these different ways to like drive traffic to my online business. And so I feel like I don't know if I actually chose marketing as a career. It just kind of chose me. And then like, you know, I ended up being a headhunter in the tech industry. And oh. a lot of what I was doing was marketing. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with with headhunters, but we were targeted very heavily on phone calls and outreach and like that really kind of whole cold hard sell stuff which to a marketer makes you want to puke right but like in in sales life it literally was a sales job and no one could understand why I was making all this money but was making no calls doing no outreach and it was all marketing and so that sort of led me down this garden path to now launching clout which is a personal branding agency and kind of that's been the sort of journey for me it's a beautiful journey So what is a personal brand for people that don't know and how would you define it? Yeah, it's a good question. I get asked, so I do a live once a week on LinkedIn and this comes up like almost every week is like, what is a personal (laughs) brand? So for me, I feel like you have two, two parts of the story, right? You have reputation and then you have personal branding. And for me, personal branding is the strategy and the execution that you need to kind of create and and execute in order to build that reputation at scale. And it's that reputation that will ultimately get you all the rewards of personal branding. But the personal branding part is more about the strategy, more about shaping it and the execution of getting to that place where you want to be known as whatever it is that you want to be known as. Mm, That's a beautiful breakdown. For someone that's just getting started out, how in the world do you even begin building a personal brand? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. You have to just start. <laughs> like, it's. I feel like the biggest blocker for people when they want to build their personal brand is starting because number one, you're scared of what people think. Number two, you don't know what to say. Number three, like, what if no one cares? And number four, what if everyone hates it? Like, these are the mental blockers that every single person I come across, my clients I deal with have every single day. And so when you come to like starting to build that brand, you literally just have to start. And it is the beginning bit, and I'm sure Daniel will attest to you and and Emily you as well, but like the beginning bit is hard. Like not everyone's gonna like your stuff. Like you, you have to find your feet, you have to play with stuff, you have to learn what your style of of content is. You have to kind of get to grips with what you want to be known for. Mm. And I think ultimately if you can come to a place where you're like, right, I want to be known for personal branding, I want to be known for inbound marketing I want to be known for content like whatever it is that you want to be known for if the, if you're very clear on those things from the outset and you're consistently sharing content around those pillars and kind of getting involved with other people's content because let's be clear like we've all met on LinkedIn and LinkedIn is a is a is a kind of ecosystem where you have to give back as much as you take out and most people just take out and so they get no benefits from it so if you're adding back into the ecosystem by going and commenting on other people's stuff and sharing valuable content that hopefully will build you up to a point where people recognize you as the authority in that spot. Like there is no bad that can come from that. So my best advice for someone who is just starting out on their personal branding journey would be number one, get clear on what you want to be known for. Number two, get really, really clear on, you know, who you should be following and who you should be commenting on because comments are content right so if you're commenting on someone else's stuff that is a hugely powerful way to build your personal brand like I've got I know someone called Ivan Harrison who's in the the talent acquisition headhunting space and all he has done is gone and commented on influencers for like a year and everyone knows who this guy is like he he literally never ever shares content but all he does is comment really insightful stuff add loads of value to all these like influencers posts and everyone in the industry knows him because comments Mm -hmm. are content so get clear on what you want to be known for get clear on what the strategy is you don't need to post more than three times a week so don't try and overwhelm yourself with being like i have to post every single day because you will lose your mind like daniel was like going back to comments and like thinking of content to share like if you're doing that every day you'll lose your mind so three times three times a week is more than enough and lastly going back to that comment piece like just comment on stuff every day i have this thing called the nine times four rule well i'm like Go and find nine influencers in your space. Go and find nine hashtags that are relevant to your niche and spend nine minutes a day commenting on nine posts. If you do that consistently, your inbound connections will go through the roof and your inbound messages will go through the roof and they will be with your ideal customer provided you picked those hashtags and and influence as well. That's super valuable. I think the comments are an underrated thing that people just don't take advantage of. I have a question that I think a lot of people are thinking this, and I I get a lot of questions of this as well, is how do you manage building a personal brand and being in a company? Because a lot of people are scared, are really scared of this. Like they're in a company, but they don't want to give a bad name or like, or are scared the company is going to say like they're on social media too much. Like how does someone do that and get past that hurdle? 
I think that's a really good question. So I get this asked a lot, but from the opposite side. So from the company side, they're like, so we want our employees to build their personal brand, but we like, how can we let them? And my kind of comment back to that before I address your question is, like, if you're worried about what your people are going to say, you don't have a problem with what they're going to say. You have a problem with your people. Like, if you've not hired people within your values, within that framework in which you operate as a business, and you don't trust them, why the hell did you hire them? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So instead of blocking people from having an opinion, just have a higher barrier to entry. Just have a better value match to the people that you're bringing into your business. And then you won't be have to worry about what people are saying online because they will fall into your value framework. So if you're an employee and you're looking at this going, wow, like this can get me ahead in my career. Like this, can, if you're in sales, this can win me more leads. Like if you're, you know, whatever, you might be in marketing, want to kind of roll this out as a strategy. I would go to your CMO, your CEO, whoever it is that's your kind of decision maker in that chain of command and say, look, like this is the facts and figures. Like the future of marketing is human. No one trusts mass marketing anymore. No one. And you can you can see that off the back of company pages. You can see that off the back of PPC. You can see that off the back of Google ads. No one clicks on those ads. Like the return on investment on that type of marketing, it's there, but it's nowhere near as good as it used to be 10 years ago, right? So we have to start doing things in a different way. And we have to start thinking, how do people want to be communicated to today? And we know we've seen the like the, the rise of TikTok and Instagram and all these channels where it's very human to human, like keeping up with the Kardashians is, is ending because they've got social media. Like, do you know what I mean? So let's bring it back to the human to human thing. Bring some back figures, show what the organic reach is on personal branding, on human marketing, and the idea of spreading ideas from within a community rather than talking down to people from the top of a kind of advertising funnel and i guarantee you people will start listening if you bring facts and figures as to you know the stuff that you can see online you can google it um you can speak to someone like me or daniel like we'll tell you the organic reach i think you've got like a million views in a month or something mental so (laughs) you just have to present them in a way that your decision maker will understand in a language they will understand i i want to what do you what would you say the benefits of personal branding are like what value does someone get back from that okay so i kind of top line i always say to people it's you know more visibility which builds more credibility right if you're talking about something consistently you will get more credibility because there'll be more eyeballs on you talking about that topic which ultimately leads to you being positioned as kind of an authority or a thought leader or influencer if you want to use the kind of millennial term we are on the millennial marketing podcast (laughs) but the other kind of less i guess obvious ones but more tangible things is increase in inbound leads you get an increase in niche followers that are probably well hopefully if you're doing it well your ideal customer and the sort of marketing I guess element from a company perspective is your employer brand booms like I'm working with FTSE businesses. I'm working with like enormous businesses here in the UK that are international. And they are coming to me because they would like to build their employer brand. They would like to build their kind of employee value proposition at scale. And the easiest way to do that is to have really transparent, visible leaders. And as a result, they're getting a higher quality of candidate coming inbound to them without having to pay headhunting fees or like adding more headcount to their recruiters table because all these people are just coming to them. So kind of top line would be leads, you know, getting that authority in your space and building your employer brand as well. And ultimately that obviously drives revenue across the board on all those things. 
What kinds of things are brands doing at least today from an employer brand perspective? Are they only using LinkedIn? Are they getting creative with this kind of opportunity to share who they've hired and their experts in their in their company? Yeah, I think most businesses I'm working with, or at least I've had kind of initial contact with, are really focused on LinkedIn because I feel like LinkedIn is at that kind of peak right now where the organic reach you can get is crazy. And it's kind of that pre sort of sponsored post kind of vibe back in the day when Facebook had none of that. And the organic reach is nuts. So LinkedIn's definitely a heavy focus. I also think with the ability to showcase your brand at scale on LinkedIn is great because you can have your careers page. Everyone in your business is part of that brand. So if they're sharing content as well, like that visibility piece is there. And obviously, prospective employees are going to trust the individual employees more than they're going to trust the company page. But there's also Mm -hmm. a heavy influence on Instagram. Like Instagram is although a highlight reel is really valuable in kind of showing off your business and showing off the kinds of things you do and like what that internal communication and internal culture is like, but also having careers pages, I think is really important and and not having some like rubbish microsite that you've just like downloaded a template off WordPress. Like it has to be really authentic to you. One of the best ones I've seen is by a business called Paddy Power, which is a a gaming company in the UK and they're like a a gambling company. And they are like by far, far the coolest brand I've ever seen both on employer Mm -hmm. branding and company branding they are so true to their values across the board there is no messing around there's no like oh but on their Instagram it shows this and on their like everything is nailed and it's so authentic and it's so real and it's funny and it's yeah so if you're wondering like how to build an effective employer brand I would 100% go and check them out they're an awesome brand It sounds like clearly defining sort of what your goals are is really that base for not just personal brand, but obviously employer brand as well. That's so cool. Well, that's surely that's the cross marketing in general. You have to be Mm -hmm. super, super clear on on what your goals are, but also not scared when the results you get are not those goals. Like just just learn from that and then change something. It's just that personal branding is the same. If you're not getting the results from what you're doing, just pivot it and try something different. What are most people in this personal branding space doing wrong? Like, what are some key things that they're doing wrong? Okay, so number one is clickbait. This drives me mad. Like, people sharing stuff that is provocative or that is not, like, themselves. Like, you can smell that out in a heartbeat when someone's not being themselves or when someone's sharing something because they saw, I don't know, like you can tell like when it's not genuine so I think number one is clickbait if if it's really your opinion and you're really that kind of controversial person then fine but if it's not you then don't do it I think the second thing as well is and if it works for some people it's fine but personally it 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 doesn't vibe with me but just trying to be funny like it's telling like being that sort of funny content creator like unless you're trying to be hired as someone that makes funny content I just don't see how that can possibly generate you more business. Like for me, I want to be known as a personal branding expert. So all my content is is built around myself personally, but also around personal branding for that exact reason. So do you want to be known as a clown or do you want to be known as like someone who's an expert in their space? So I think that's that's a big thing. And then also the the kind of consistency piece is massive. Like you have to show up even when you don't want to. Because like I will tell you firsthand, I had a bit of a like mental health wobble at the beginning of March. It's when the UK went into lockdown. So if you can't tell from my accent, I live in the UK. I'm not I'm not from the UK, I'm Australian, but I live in the UK, so I sound really English. 
And we went into lockdown because of COVID in, in March. And so I had a bit of a wobble where I was like, oh my God, my kids are out of school. What am I going to do? And so I didn't share any content for two weeks. And I'll tell you this right now, not sharing content for two weeks was basically like I'd never started. And by this point, I'd been sharing content for almost a year and built up a like a pretty decent following. But like when I started sharing content again, two weeks later, the engagement was nothing. I had all those like mental blockers come back around fear about what people would think of me, worrying about what I should say. And so I think the biggest thing is show up and just be consistent. Like, even if you don't know what to say, like, just just start having conversations with clients, having conversations with friends, listening to podcasts like this, like get inspiration from somewhere and just share it. You could share a quote that you thought was really resonating, but you have to show up consistently. Otherwise, people will forget you and they'll move on to the next person. It's almost just like a life lesson. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of give this example of like working out, right? If you go and stop doing cardio for two weeks and you come back and do cardio, you feel like you're going to, you can't breathe. And it's like exactly like when you don't show up consistently working out, I mean, posting it's that muscle is not as flexed anymore. Like you don't have that habit anymore and you have to get back into this habit where if you at least do what you said three times a week of working out, you will feel at least in shape enough to do it. But the people who take the two to month off, imagine taking a month off of working out and trying to come back. It's impossible. It's it's the worst thing in the world. And I've contested that. I've tried that. And running running after two a month of not running is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I love that you use that analogy because I use the same analogy with my clients. Like I had a client recently who was like, oh, I'm going on vacation. Can like we take a week off? And I was like, no, <laughs> we can't take a week off. Because would you take a week off if like, as exactly the same analogy. I was like, you don't go to the gym for a year, get yourself in the best shape ever, and then go and eat donuts for the rest of your life. You have to keep showing up at the gym to stay fit. And I love that you use that analogy because it's exactly the same analogy that I use with my clients as well. Do you have some examples of people that are just killing their personal brand right now? We want to know. Cool. I've, well, I'm going to try and I think a good thing would be to share people that like people probably don't know about. Like we we all know like the Gary V's. We all know like the Dave's that um, drift and all this kind of stuff. But the people for me that I think are kind of more low key personal branding like superstars would be someone called Andrew McCaskill, who is a career coach on LinkedIn. He's just surpassed 60,000 followers and he's literally gone from I think it's like 20,000 followers last December to 60 today like that is mental all organic like like super valuable the stuff he shares is both kind of poignant of what's happening in our lives with COVID right now but also like really really valuable to people like he's a real support system for all the job seekers particularly executive job seekers right now which I think is is amazing and the value that he's adding is massive so if you're on LinkedIn go and check him out Andrew McCaskill He's a legend. I would say Daniel as well. Like I am, I am a, like a super fan. So it was kind of, when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like, oh yes, of course, I'll check my diary. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what you're doing is awesome. Like every time you show up, you're adding value. Like your lists of stuff are like almost iconic now. And I think that is a really good example of someone that just shows up consistently to add value. Like you're so authentic with what you're doing. It's not contrived. You're just like, hey, I'm in marketing. This stuff is also interesting if you're in marketing. I love that. There's another Another girl as well called Leah Turner, who is um, a LinkedIn coach, and she is only recently become a LinkedIn coach because she literally built her personal brand so 
massive and her following is so huge that she pivoted her entire business to go into LinkedIn coaching and personal branding. And she's really cool. She's really authentic. Like, like I said earlier, when we jumped on this podcast, I was like, I feel like I know you. Leah's the same. Like you would feel like you knew her because she's so personal. She's so warm. She adds so much value to people's lives. And she's a really good person to to have a look at, I think. But there would be my three kind of top picks of people that, I mean, obviously people will know you, Daniel, because it's your podcast, but <laughs> the other two, I feel like you probably wouldn't have come across otherwise, but yeah, Daniel, um, Daniel, Andrew McCaskill and Leah Turner, definitely. I love that. Also, you should add yourself into that mix of people oh, that are, are doing it very well. I just want to know for those people looking to start growing this, one thing I would love to know is, how do you come up with ideas for content to start posting? Because I think that's one of the blockers I think a lot of people have when they start growing is the content piece of it. So I just want to hear from your point of view. On yeah. What you so the number one place, like, and this is probably easier if you're in sales or customer success or marketing, the number one place is your customer. Like if you're in marketing, go and talk to your sales team, have a conversation with them weekly ask them what their customer, your customers are talking about. Because unless you get down and look your customer in the eye and really have an intimate understanding of the types of challenges they're having, their priorities right now, their goals right now, you can never talk about stuff that's actually going to appeal to them. So number one, speak to your customer and really understand those things. And the best way of presenting those ideas is having your conversation with Mr. Customer, getting those priorities, getting those goals, getting those challenges, and then just presenting them as an idea. So one of the ways that I do that is I'll have a conversation with someone. They'll go, oh, Amelia, like I'm really struggling with, I don't know, I'm really struggling with the the time element of content posting right now. And I might turn that exact conversation into a post and be like, hands up who's struggling trying to find the time to post right now. And because you're asking a question, you're kind of positioning something that a lot of people are struggling with the chances are you'll get a good engagement from that because everyone will be like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm struggling with that too. So speaking to your customers is a a really good place. The second place I would recommend is podcasts. So like podcasts for me, I am super lazy. I do not have time to read. I have two kids under four. So like even having a second to myself where I can actually just like not have screaming is impossible. So podcasts Mm -hmm. are amazing. So go and have a look at like listen to all your industry podcasts and be really specific on what you let in your ears like don't just go and listen to any old thing although that might be enjoyable for you but if you really want to be producing content that is valuable to your target audience go and listen to what they're listening to and really listen to the things that they're talking about that is is getting engagement from their side because that will pull out a lot of interesting stuff for you to share and then the final place which is like my go-to daily is read medium religiously and read quora religiously because what will happen is you'll find a lot of crossover on those i mean they're both consumer created channels right so you'll see a lot of crossover in the questions that come up in quora and the questions that come um the articles that are produced in medium and they are just like a wealth of knowledge when it comes to what people are talking about what people are finding challenging right now yeah i think customers podcasts and quora and medium are like my absolute go-to anytime I need a bit of a boost. And the number one piece of advice I would say, like just to round this off is you cannot create content unless you are consuming it. So if you just think you're going to show up and start sharing stuff that's going to go viral, you're a fool. You have to go and consume stuff to get that inspiration. So just go and listen to stuff daily, listen to it on your commute, listen to it in the bath, in the shower, like wherever you need to do it, but just consume stuff all the time and consume different things because you need to open your mind to be able to share stuff to appeal to people that you want to appeal to. Yeah, I think 
consumption, I always say that is the key to creativity. I also think that a lot of people, I love the point that he said, because we had someone on the podcast, Matthew Kobach, the other day, and he was saying that when you consume, for example, he consumes like psychology stuff and philosophy stuff, and he applies that to marketing. So he'll say, he'll take like an idea and philosophy and just swing it to be marketing. Everything he consumes that's outside of the marketing realm, he just applies a marketing lesson to that. I think that's like a key because I even Eddie, who just we just launched a podcast, was he says the most personal is the most creative, right? You have to have some personal examples and consumption from other sources to be able to be have a creativity. I mean, creativity in its own right is personal. You know what I'm saying? It's unique to yourself for the most part. Things definitely are copied or stolen. But I mean, when you're consuming, things are sticking out to you because they matter to you. So it becomes this personalized or more unique opportunity to create content from something that mattered to you in the first place. So it just kind of connects those dots even more. I mean, the way I consume is different from the way you consume and the way, you know, Daniel consumes and even what sticks out in that even consumption, you know, piece of content alone is going to be different to me as it is going to be to you. And I think that's a really important point is getting that inspiration from somewhere is personal to you, which is what what plays so well into personal branding because it's you sharing an idea that was sparked in your head, but in a completely unique way to you would share it, Emily, or you would share it, Daniel. Like we could all talk about the same thing, but we would come at it from a different angle. And that's what makes it unique. That's what makes you likable, trustable, et cetera. I do think it's really important to kind of like just nail down on that point you made there, Daniel, about how you can take ideas from somewhere else, which have nothing to do with what you're talking about, <laughs> and turn it into something. So I had a client that put uh, petrol in his diesel car, like not that long ago. And I was like, that's a great analogy for your industry. And so we created this, this post around, you know, oh, you're putting diesel in your petrol car a lot like a lot of what you are doing right now. And like went onto this whole thing about how so many businesses are putting like old fuel into a modern engine and just clogging it up. And you can literally turn anything, any analogy you can turn into a piece of content that is relevant to who you are personally, but also to the audience trying to appeal to. And I love that kind of clever stuff as well. I know, Daniel, you've done a, a few pieces like that. And I think it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's the key. I mean, for me, anything, I'm always thinking of new post ideas and stuff like that. And I'm always trying to think in a marketing lens. And I think the key is when you have an idea, even if you don't have a fully fleshed idea, is write it down somewhere. Like that's the, the, a lot of people don't do this. It's like, and I know me and Ferg have talked about this in the past. We have swipe files where when we have an idea, we'll write it down in our notes and we always can come back to that later. And especially like what you said, which I I love and is what I do is kind of like, I do all those things that you do. And another layer to it is I look at, read comments on other people's posts and see commonalities that people are and problems that that are happening. And I'll write down that common problem. But what I'll do is take that common problem and connect it to things I've wrote down in the past. Like, and people just don't get that when you write you can forget a lot of these amazing ideas if you just don't write them down. So writing them down is such a key thing to just have. 100%. Like I've turned comments before into posts. So like I will have commented. So I did a post a couple of months ago that did really well. And then the comment that I added to it got like almost as many likes as the, 
as the post itself. So I was like, maybe I should share this this comment because clearly this comment was relating to everyone. So that whole repurposing of ideas and that repurposing, you're like, get as much mileage out of this stuff as humanly possible. So go and see what, as you said, Daniel, go and see what other people are talking about. Go and see what other problems people are having. Go and see what other posts are doing well as well. Like what what's resonating with people and maybe trying to explore those ideas with your own. And I cannot stress enough, this whole like documentation thing is so important. Like I so I write everything in my notes section of my iPhone like ev- like everything but I'm super as I said I'm super lazy I'm a short cutter like through and through so I dictate it so I'll be like walking along being like da 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 and dictate it into my phone but the best part about that is it's written in the way that I speak and I cannot mm. stress to you enough when you share your content write the way that you speak don't ever write anything that you wouldn't say out loud to your friend and they wouldn't go uh like it needs to sound like you. And that's why I love dictating because I'll be like, oh, and I, this happened to me today and it was really interesting because of da, 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 da. And I will obviously tweak it, make it a little bit more punchy, short, like mm. to the point, but I will use exactly the way that I speak to share the way like in a written post because I think that's really what hits people in the heart and really gets them triggered to want to disagree with you or agree with you or like whatever it is but it triggers that emotional reaction in them because you're coming across as human rather than someone who's like got their b2b hat on who's like super corporate and just like completely unrelatable that's so so smart i write down now you're gonna make me dictate this week i'm gonna let you know how it goes i'm pretty good though at translating like what i would say to people in like written text but it makes me wonder what the difference could be if i actually dictate and hear how i would speak it first because sometimes i think i maybe add a little bit of a a polish to it that isn't necessarily me. Sometimes I like a cuss word. And truly, sometimes I think a cuss word sells something a little bit more. Sorry if I'm offending anyone, but this oh, is I, what I like. <laughs> I'm fully holding myself back here because I swear like a pirate, like the worst. Being on LinkedIn, I've had to really like, so you'll see me do videos and stuff and I bleep out all my swear words. Like I did, <laughs> I, did a, yeah. I did a blooper reel the other day that I shared and I was like, this like 10 reasons why done is better than perfect. And I shared <laughs> it with this blooper reel and it was literally me going, oh, F sake, oh, F sake, like beep, beep. and people are like we love this this is so this is so authentic so yeah people buy into you and you yourself and you what's cool about a personal brand and it's hard to do this as a company brand is it's your brand and it's your voice so it's like why would you want to speak like anybody else like that's i just don't get why you would want to speak like anybody else that's like for me whenever i'm writing a post it's it's from me like i wanted to seem like it from me and I want the story to carry on every one of my posts that you're getting a little bit more of myself and personifying myself. I think that for marketing in general, like you have to have all those touch points where you're personifying your brand and have that brand voice. It's easier actually with the personal brand because it's your voice. Like how could you not talk like yourself? Like, so it's crazy to me that people, I read some posts, I'm like, you definitely aren't saying it like that. <laughs> You're definitely not talking like this. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Could you just break down like top five tips that you would give to someone start not starting out, but just to grow their personal brand or to get started in a personal brand? Like what are five tips you would give to someone? So five tips. Okay. Let's see how let's see how many I can condense down. So <laughs> I think I think first off, you need to be super, super, super clear on what you want to be known for. Like, who is your audience? Like, what do you want to be known for? I I always tell clients to have three brand pillars. So my three brand pillars are personal branding, 
um, being a strong female in business, because that's something I'm super passionate about, and championing startups and SMEs, because I'm a huge tech head. And I was a headhunter in the SaaS ecosystem. And so I'm obsessed with that startup space, because I just love it. Like I'm a startup freak. So personal branding, being a strong female in business and um, startups and SMEs. So all my content is based around those three things. I might deviate slightly, but pretty much always I'm no, I talk about those three things in some capacity. So first and foremost, get, get to know what you want to be known for because that makes everything a hell of a lot easier. Mm. The second thing is go and consume stuff. So once you're clear on what you want to be known for, go and start reading. Like if it's marketing, leadership in a business and I don't know, people management they might be the three things that you want to be known for because you are going for a cmo position and so those three things would be great for you to get that promotion go and start consuming stuff within those verticals that will really help you open your mind as to what those types of people would be interested in talking about or like daniel said go and like read some psychology books go and read some high performance books like all that kind of stuff and really start thinking about those those three things and where you can find content that will spark those ideas the third thing I would say is you have to know who your customer is so you might be trying to get a new job and so when I say who's your customer you're like oh what do you mean my customer I'm not selling to one or you might be you might be in customer success so you're not selling to anyone you're just upselling but everyone has an ideal customer so if you're looking for a job that ideal customer is your hiring manager like what does that hiring manager care about what are they interested in what are their challenges what are their priorities what are them keeping up at night and this sounds super overwhelming but it's not like when you get sit down and go right what does this person want to hear about it then becomes really clear you can even ask them like if you're in an interview just be like what what's the greatest challenge that you're that you're having right now and just collect all those data points and really figure out what you should be talking about I think I'm going to be cutting it short here I think that's only three but consistency in showing up is like the most undervalued tip that anyone could ever give you like I feel like I get so many people say to me, oh my God, you just blew up overnight. Like we we didn't know you existed like a month ago and now we see you everywhere. And it's like, people think that you just, you just build this brand and it happens instantly. I've been doing this for nearly two years. And for two years, it was like a couple of hundred followers, a couple of hundred followers. Oh, I got like 50 likes. Great. Like, do you know what I mean? You chip away at it consistently. And it's like going back to your gym analogy, Daniel, like you can't just go to the gym for a year and get rock solid abs and, and be like, right, I'm done with fitness. Like, I'm great. I'm in a good spot now. You have to keep going. And you look at like some of the best bodies in the world and they're like, this is seven years in the making. And it's like, this is literally like a long time in the making. So that's really important. And then don't undervalue the value of showing up on other people's stuff as well. Mm. I've won business off commenting on other people's things. And I think that is really really important is if you don't want to post a thing if you're listening to this going this is like a crock like I don't want to do this what a waste of time go and comment on other people's stuff so go and find nine influencers and spend 10 minutes a day commenting on all their stuff because that will reap you inbound connections on LinkedIn specifically the same process works for Twitter the same process works for Instagram like the algorithms all work the same way like if you're going and showing up on other people's content and they come back to you they'll rank your comment as good you know what it's like on Instagram you see the top the top comments it will rank your comment as good and ultimately will come content so yeah those would be my four or five tips on that point i just want to nail down something that people just don't understand is that there's on, only one percent of people are content creators on linkedin so that means if you start creating on content on linkedin you're better than 99 percent of people on linkedin but mm. it, going into your next point 
the other there's nine percent of people who are people who add value to other posts on LinkedIn. So if you start adding value on other posts on LinkedIn, now you're better than ninety percent of people on LinkedIn. So doing those two things, you already be better than ninety percent of people on LinkedIn. So I just want to hone down on that point that you just made is like content creating one percent, but you'd be the one percent adding value to content. 90% doing nothing. You just mixing yourself with a crowd and being a consumer of content. I mean, that's how the internet works. It's a rule of the internet. 100%. And interestingly, I think there's 9 billion weekly content impressions made on LinkedIn by only 3 million users, which means that everyone is listening, but no one is talking. So if you're the person that's talking, then you will get attention especially if you're talking yeah. about things that's valuable. So why wouldn't you want to take up that opportunity before everyone else cottons onto it being a good idea? It's a competitive advantage at this point to communicate on this platform. And funny enough, I even think comments don't necessarily have to be all the time adding direct value. Like if you don't necessarily understand the content being posted, like comments can still add value by asking additional questions, asking to detail something, going further, and even getting that chance to communicate one-on-one with maybe this kind of bigger individual that now is speaking to you directly about your comment. And that's so powerful because a lot of people don't realize that when you post on someone else's content and they reply to you, which is why it's really important to ask questions or try and add insight or at least ask like a follow up in some way, because when the original poster comments back to you, all their network sees. And so Mm -hmm. getting yourself into, I know it sounds super contrived, but it's not like I don't go out there going, oh, I can't wait for this person to reply to me. I really genuinely am interested in what they're saying, but the kind of golden nugget at the end of that rainbow is if they comment back to me then everyone sees and so Mm -hmm. if you're following influencers or commenting on stuff that is relevant to your niche you're essentially going to a party where all your ideal customers are and like just showing up and be like hi guys like it's it's a no-brainer to me that's amazing i love that analogy a comment party yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing ferg do you want to get into one of our favorite sections Yes, this was so fun getting to talk about personal brand. And now we want to get a little bit personal with you. So this is what we call our rapid fire section. We're going to ask you just a few questions that, yes, top of mind, maybe what comes first, but really just kind of levels that playing field of human to human. My first question I want to ask is, what was your first job? It didn't have to necessarily like pay you, but that you can recall. What was one of your first jobs? So my first ever job. So in the UK, you have to be 16 to be able to work, Mm -hmm. right? You need your national insurance, your social security number. You have to have that before you can work. So my first job was in a a tanning salon, like, you know, the, you know, the ones where you walk in with like five minutes in Barbados kind of vibes. I got got fired from that job for like four months because... I would close the shop early because I was 16 and I was really bratty. I would close the shop early, like five minutes early and then go and do like a sunbed myself. <laughs> so I got fired. <laughs> um, that's awesome. That was my first job. <laughs> that is cool. hilarious. What is your favorite brand currently? Mm. Out and out Gymshark. Like I am Ooh. obsessed with Gymshark. Like everything they do is 
awesome, like from their company brand to their employer brand to the fact that they champion personal brands within their business is insane. So you'll see their intern go viral on LinkedIn because they are so invested in every single individual within that business, regardless of whether they're on a year placement or whether they're the CMO, everyone gets special attention. Everyone gets kind of to understand the power of human to human. And I just, I'm obsessed. Like, and I love the whole story of like, Ben Francis, like delivering Domino's pizzas, like while he was building up this brand in his mom's garage. And then now it's like worth $1.4 billion. Like I just, goes back to my love of startups. Like anyone who has the guts to go out and go, this is what I want to do. This is my heart and soul. And I'm going to gamble everything to do that. Like I just, I love it. So Ben, if you're listening, come and let me work with you. (laughs) that's awesome all right I'm gonna keep going what app do you use the most probably LinkedIn I know that's really sad Mm. but I spend so much time on the platform it's ridiculous like I need to come off it a little bit I think because it's become addictive I I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn I spend a lot of time on streaks I don't know if you've either of you got streaks Mm. it's like a habit forming app so you set your habits of like what you want to do so it might be like drink a, a two gallons of water or like you know, whatever it is, and you have to like tick it off. So I'm trying to like form all these habits at the moment, like going to the gym every day, like we're about to go into lockdown for the second time. So I'm like, right, I have to go to the gym every day, I have to like drink a certain amount of water, read 10 pages, like that's a really cool app if you're trying to form a habit. And Veemly, I use Veemly a lot, which is a video, it's not really an editing, but it's kind of like, a, it's subtitles for video, but it also allows you to make them in the kind of like that Gary V style where you have like the headline on the top and you have the subtitles below and you can add logos and all that kind of stuff. I do a lot of video content. I do it all myself. People think I have an editor. I don't. I literally legit do it on my iPhone. And go it, girl. Literally. I'm like fully blown, like bootstrap startup life right now, like nine o'clock at night, like signing off stuff, doing my little videos. But it's an amazing investment. It's like $9.99 a month. So like $15 a month and it will subtitle all your videos like 80 90% accurate and you can literally create videos to use I know I've used Gary as an example but he's kind of known for those video styles but like Gary V like and you can actually do it from your phone it's it's legitimate my favorite thing those are so helpful yeah I love that what is your favorite song right now that gets you in the mood that favorite song I don't know if I have a favorite song but I'm a massive hip-hop fan like ridiculous so anything by octavian i don't know if you guys know who octavian Mm. is in the states but i'm obsessed with him and khalid as well the singer i just i love him so much anything by those two artists i'm just like cool and then also anything that's like super aggressive hip-hop like when i'm in the gym i want to hear like migos i want to hear like cardi b on i would literally like just while out to anything that's like massively aggressive i just feel like when you're working out you need to be like so like anything really aggressive hip-hop i love those are so good now i want to work out with you um (laughs) (laughs) so all right let's get to this i want to know from an influencer personal or professional perspective like who is your number one? Oh, here's my number one. I feel like it's a cop-out answer, but I think Gary V like changed the game. He basically invented sure. personal branding. Whether you like him or not, he's polarizing. Some people hate him. Some people love him. I personally think he's great. But mm-hmm. on a professional kind of, if you take his personality out of it and you go, right, who is the OG of professional 
personal branding like it has to be Gary Vee like he invented it basically he's he he was the original influencer from a business perspective which I think is insane and then I also love Natalie Ellis who's not really super prevalent on LinkedIn she's on Instagram but she founded a business called Boss Babes which is I hate the name it makes me cringe every time I say it but it's this platform which is a monthly subscription service for female entrepreneurs and you get all this access to this amazing content and she has basically built like five million followers just on Instagram off the back of her herself and like being authentic and showing up and sharing stuff that's important to her and I think she's a really good example of like you know you can be going back to what I want to be known for being a female entrepreneur like she's a strong female entrepreneur who doesn't give a SHIT about what anyone else thinks and she's Mm -hmm. out there being herself like I love it so she's probably less well known and Gary Vee is obviously like the OG. The last question I want to ask is, I know I wanted to ask favorite book, but I want to go into the favorite podcast because that's what you say you're consuming all the time. So Yeah, I even bought my favorite book to show you. I love it. <laughs> Make your bed. That's why I love it. So favorite podcast, there's a couple. I love the High Performance Podcast, which is with Jake Humphreys, who's a UK sports presenter. The people that they have on there is insane. They'll have like Premier League football managers through to like business owners and it's all about high performance and it's all about creating a culture of high performance both in your it's your individual self but also in a business perspective or a, or a sports team perspective so that's a really interesting world and my background or rather my husband's background is professional sports so like I find that really fascinating I know you guys have are in were in that space as well and then the other one is probably a diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett like the way that guy's mm-hmm. mind works is ridiculous like he's like 27 years old and legitimately his brain is like he's a hundred. Like he's so wise. He he sees everything from such a pragmatic view, which I think is really unique because he's also super emotional and like just as happy to share what he thinks about stuff. But to have someone who's so balanced with like logic and pragmatism and have emotion and be relatable is like really interesting. So Diary of a CEO is is a hundred percent something that I go to a lot to listen to to get inspiration for content and also just to like broaden my mind a little bit and audiobooks as well love an audiobook <laughs> so if you want to subscribe to a good podcast go subscribe to those too but also subscribe to our podcast i yes. wanted to drop that as well humble plug. <laughs> yeah humble, humble plug i want to also leave this for you to give your humble plugs yes, as well. please. yes i want to know where people can find you and anything you would want to drop right now this, mm-hmm. this is your time yeah, how do they stay in touch with you? So the best place to find me would probably be just to search Amelia Sordell on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Amelia Sordell on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect with me, go find me there. As I said, I spend most of my day there. So if you want to catch me anywhere, it's probably on LinkedIn. Um, don't go to my website because it's not built yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Amelia, you're amazing. Thank you so much for jumping on and talking all things personal branding with us. I think that you're um, an authentic powerhouse. Yes, in the UK, but my goodness, I can't wait for all of our community to tap into you. You are wonderful. So thank you for sharing your knowledge with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a complete honor. And as I said, massive fangirl moment, Daniel. So (laughs) pleased to be on the show. I'm a massive fan as well. So it goes back onto you as well. Thanks for having me. 